everybody and welcome to another episode of talk more talk i'm joe mayo and you may know me from my youtube channel mean mr mayo and a new show that i'm doing called fab gab that's available on mean mr mayo you can always see that and uh we've got a good show tonight here on talk more talk which is a solo beatles video cast and uh we talk mostly about the solo beatles sometimes depending on what uh, new releases and projects are up we talk about the Beatles as a group, and I'm here, as always, with my three co-hosts, and I'll introduce them right now. Uh, first of all, we have the queen of all backdrops, because that is a gorgeous sky there. It looks fantastic for the Cloud9 album. You've done, done it again, and I've outdone yourself since the last show. Every show, you do another mind blower. So anyway, you know, you know her from her, her books that she's done. Uh, songs we were singing, guided tours through the Beatles' lesser-known tracks, and also Michael Jackson FAQ. So everyone, please bow to the Queen, Kid O'Toole. <laughs> My goodness, hello everybody. <laughs> yes, it's it's nice floating floating in the atmosphere tonight. <laughs> it feels so good. It does. So hello, hello, everybody, and hello, everyone who's uh, watching uh, live tonight and those who are watching the replay. And this is, I think this is going to be a really fun show tonight. Really good show. Yes, indeed. We have uh, the host of a Paul McCartney video cast, Two Legs. He uh, always does it with his, his pal, uh, Andy Nichols. And recently, he's been uh, doing a lot of shows every Wednesday where he's ranking Paul McCartney songs on the albums, album by album, Andy and Tom together. Uh, it's kind of given me the idea to do it on Fab Gab, and that's also what's given us an idea to do it here tonight. Welcome, everyone. Tom Hunyadi. Hi, Tom. Hey. Well, I'll tell you what. Today, I'm doing all right, but last week, I was in rough shape. I'll tell well, you. Easy for you. I went to the dentist. I told him my teeth are turning yellow. He told me to get a brown necktie. Let me tell you. Oh, I can't wait. Let me tell you. Watching too much Rodney, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, it's, it's great to be back with my Beatle buddies. And, uh, you know, every other Monday, it's, it's, uh, it's a fun night. I tell you, I can't... Uh, Great joy to do this with you guys. Great. And then uh, my doctor told me you're going crazy. I said, if you don't mind, I like a second opinion. He said, all right, you're ugly too. I'm going to lie on this couch face down, okay? Anyway. Are you going to do dueling yeah. Rodney's tonight? Yeah, why not? <laughs> the honeymoon is, isn't enough. We're going to do Rodney. Right. <laughs> all right. Now, last but not least, we're talking about our longtime Beatles authority who's been in the radio biz for nearly 40 years. 
and he's one of the hosts of the Things We Said Today podcast, and he's got a syndicated radio show called Every Little Thing. I'm talking about none other than Ken Michaels. Welcome, Ken. Hi, Joe. Hi, guys. And gal, and we are always on. Always too. on cloud nine to do the yes. show. Oh, nicely played. I'm very, very curious to, to see how, how we make out with this show. We're going to be talking about uh, the George Harrison uh, 1987 album Cloud Nine, specifically ranking the songs if we can, because it's not going to be an easy task. And I'm really curious to hear Ken. Because I know Ken also loves this album, and I want to hear how he, he's able, uh, as I'm a, almost unable, to try to figure out how to get these songs in some kind of an order. And not that's going to be fun. So <laughs> It's not easy. <laughs> no. And before, before we get to it, I know that Ken, as always, has a nice uh, slew of news to grace us with. So, Ken, do what you do best. Okay. Well, thank you, Joe. First news item, and it's now official. You know, there's so much news in the last two weeks, and we've heard about it for two weeks that it seems old. <laughs> but um, April 16th is the date for the Super Deluxe box set for the Plastic Auto Band. And actually, if you go to johnlennon.com, it gives you all the information that you need. But for those of you who are curious, this uh, deluxe box set will have six CDs, 102 new stereo mixes they say over six hours of audio plus two blu-ray audio discs 159 new stereo mixes over 11 hours in high resolution 192 24 stereo it's also in 5.1 surround sound and dolby atmos mixes it also includes a 132 page hardback book with rare photos memorabilia and extensive notes also, a War is Over poster and two postcards, and it's also going to be available as a uh, double CD, single CD, a double LP, and for download and streaming. This entire package, uh, the music is completely remixed from the original uh, masters, and it also includes ultimate mixes, outtakes, elements, raw studio and evolution uh, mixes, and demos, jams, and Yoko Ono live sessions. That's wow. a lot of stuff. It's amazing how much stuff and they crammed on this set. I know. And uh, there's quite a lot that's on the, the Blu-ray that's not on the six CDs. Right. And uh, the list price for this is one thirty-five eighty-four. And uh, again, the release date, April 16th. Mark it down. No doubt we'll be doing a show on that. As soon as we Absolutely. can absorb all that, <laughs> all yeah. that music, That's give us amazing. a little time. We, right. to, we need to uh, go through this. I think the most us- important thing is that is that it looks like the package is the same size as the last two packages, so it's going to yes. look great on the shelf, everybody. So that's. <laughs> Yes. Well, yeah. You Tom, know how Tom we and rate. Joe really like continuity. Uniformity, <laughs> baby. Everything's got to be uniform. That's mm-hmm. right. It's how it looks that's more important than the music, I guess. Ah, uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm sure this is going to be just as good as the Imagine box set. Absolutely. Maybe even more. We'll see. Anyway, again, this seems like a long time ago we heard about this, but uh, making the news in a big way is a forthcoming book from Paul McCartney and editor Paul Mundoon called The Lyrics 1956 to the Present. In its press release, Paul McCartney is quoted as saying, more often than I can count, 
I've been asked if I would write an autobiography, but the time has never been right. The one thing I've always managed to do, whether at home or on the road, is to write new songs. I know that some people, when they get to a certain age, like to go to a diary to recall day-to-day -day events from the past, but I have no such notebooks. What I do have are my songs, hundreds of them, which I've learned serve much the same purpose. And these songs span my entire life. And the press release goes on to say that uh, this extraordinary book uh, has Paul recounting his life and art through the prism of 154 songs from all stages of his career. Goes from his earliest boyhood compositions, I guess I lost my little girl's gonna be in there, uh, through the legendary decade of the Beatles to Wings and his solo albums to the present, arranged alphabetically to provide a kaleidoscopic rather than chronological account. That's not easy to say. It establishes definitive texts of the song's lyrics for the first time and describes the circumstances in which they were written, the people also and the places that inspired them and what he thinks of these songs now. It's a treasure trove of material from McCartney's personal archive. Um, it includes drafts, letters, photographs, never seen before, which make this also a unique visual record of one of the greatest songwriters of all time. It is due out November 2nd, looks to be a two volume book put in a slipcase. Each book has approximately 480 pages. So you combine it, it's almost a thousand pages in this. Amazon US is now taking pre-orders and asking $100 for it. Amazon UK is asking 66 pounds. And uh, so really interesting, this coming out the end of the year. And uh, you guys have any thoughts about this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's, it's, it's a really cool thing. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's going to be stories that we've heard plenty of times, but we don't need to look at those. I mean, like you said, Ken, 154 songs, I think there's going to be plenty in there for, for the beginner, the hardcore, and the, the person in between, you know, so I, I think it's going to be a well, well worthy project uh, for the McCartney canon or fan, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I, I think I look forward to it. Absolutely. And uh, there are so many pages in there. I'm thinking uh, that there might be, you know, uh, napkins he's written on notes and things like that in addition exactly. to just yes. talking about them too which he always has done he's always provided a lot of that stuff for a lot of his songs of course he's got so many i i don't know how the accurate number but i thought i heard along the lines of 400 in, in the 400s so it's not it's all this be a lot more than no, that no it's gotta be more you know? than that it doesn't yeah, seem right it doesn't more. seem it yeah. I, no but no, like no, there no. could be more but um certainly uh it's not all his songs but i'm interested which ones he, he's going to pick, and hopefully it'll be some that we're not expecting. Right. You know. Yeah, you know, me too. We've got a we got a funny little wager, Andy and I, on the Two Legs Show, where uh, Andy we have an over under with how many Beatles songs are going to be inside the book, and uh. Andy said it at eighty. He's going over. I'm going under on that. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, and I agree that you know I I hope that there's going to be a mixture because I mean you know we all know the the yesterday's story and, and some of those stories but yeah i would i hope that he will put in some you know lesser known album tracks um magneto uh, entertainment man that <laughs> yeah like that <laughs> hey uh, <laughs> oh hey i like that one 
<laughs> uh, you know, sure, something like that. But but you know, maybe some other ones as well. And uh, you know, but but songs that don't get as much attention and and hear some of the, the stories behind those. So I I hope there will be enough for as as you said, Tom, the the you know the casual the hardcore fan, the fan and, and you know, somewhere in between. Mm. And, and, uh, cause I would love to hear, uh, some of the stories behind, uh, you know, some of the, the right. lesser known and, uh, but yeah, I mean, as you said, there's so many songs to choose from. Um, right. I mean, mm. gosh, I, I mean, I can't imagine. You know, and does he remember a lot of these, some of them he might not even remember, uh, the more obscure ones, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Uh, well, the ones he's going to write about will have to be the ones that he remembers. Right. So. right yeah. <laughs> but, well, the um, ones that stick out. Yeah. I, I mean, hope, if he, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ken. Uh, I hope this is going to be a very balanced look at his mm, career and not, not very dominated by the right. Beatles, yeah. right. as great as that catalog is. And, um, you know, there's also songs he wrote for other artists, too. Yeah. You know, will that be represented in here? Mm. And like you said, I'd like to see more of the obscure stuff put in there as well um you know i've often said that 80 percent of the beatles catalog is their solo catalog Mm -hmm. so you know i hope that this book is something uh, at least i'd like to see the solo catalog be at least half of this book oh absolutely should be a lot more it should be a lot more really but we'll see well and and ken is when you mentioned i i lost my little girl we were kind of chuckling actually that's another thing i'd like to see is you know even him reflecting on his growth as a songwriter right i mean because you know that was i mean you know we kind of and he too kind of chuckles at it but yeah i would that would be another thing i'd like to see him reflect on and and he can talk about that in the songs as well as you know were there certain songs where he as he wrote me thought you know wow you know, th- this is where I felt that I, I really grew, you know, as a songwriter, like this is a song, you know, this song I thought, okay, I'm, I'm really, you know, I felt, I felt yeah. like I really, uh, you know, I've, I've grown um, right. in, in some kind of way. I'd love to see that too. Yeah. And I would love to see, cause I heard that there's supposed to be some comments from Stevie Wonder in there yeah. and oh. Elvis Costello Great. and Kanye West, if they have something to say about writing with Paul. Right. Perfect. You know, be very interesting. Yeah. But at, we at, shall at, see. At near a thousand pages, you got to think, I mean, each song is going to be well represented. I mean, it's going to be well thought, what, what you know, what well written, you know, a couple pages at least on every song. So, I mean, it's just not going to, it doesn't sound like it's just going to be like a quick, you know, page on, on a song. It looks like it's going to be a couple pages per song, which would, which would be nice, you know. If there's a, yeah. if there's a good story, you know, to, uh, you know, around, you know, surrounding each song, then I think that's going to be a good, a good read. Yeah. And, you know, handwritten lyrics, which I eat up. I love that mm-hmm. stuff. We've been treated to a lot of that through his yeah. archival box sets yeah. too. So, but yeah. And I mean, all these are the trinkets too. that'll, yeah, yeah. exactly. All right. Uh, other news, Steve Marinucci's Beatle News and Information page is reporting that Paul and Ringo will be appearing on a virtual Grammy Award benefit show. Now, every year, a few days before the Grammy Awards, the Royal Academy's Music Cares hosts a star-studded invitation-only benefit gala saluting its person of the year but this year because of the pandemic it's been replaced by a virtual benefit called music on a mission which will be a ticketed event that anyone can enjoy the fundraiser will be held this friday 
March the 12th, two days before the Grammy uh, ceremonies, and will feature special appearances from Paul, Ringo, Lionel Richie, Carol King, Mick Fleetwood, and other artists, as well as live and archival performances. Tickets are $25 and can be purchased at musicares.org. And uh, since it began, Musicares has distributed more than $22 million to help more than 25,000 industry people, from songwriters, musicians, and engineers to bus drivers, guitar techs, record label employees, and more. This year's Grammy Awards takes place Sunday, this Sunday, March the 14th in Los Angeles, and it will air on CBS. Speaking of the Grammys, Rolling Stone is reporting that this month of March, the Grammy Museum will be featuring a virtual Ringo Star program. It's a virtual exhibit and interviews with Ringo. It actually started on March the 4th. The museum will release an interview with Ringo from 2010 from their Live from the Vault series, and that will be followed by a new interview with the museum's founding executive director, Bob Santelli, on March the 18th. Ringo will discuss his upcoming EP, Zoom In, and his new book, Ringo Rocks, 30 Years of the All-Stars, 1989 to 2019. In addition, the museum will feature the 2013 exhibit, Peace and Love, virtually. It covers his early life in Liverpool, has launched the superstardom with the Beatles, and his years with his all-star band. The museum's streaming service is called Collection Live, and it can be accessed at watch.grammymuseum.org. And a reminder that Ringo's new EP, Zoom In, comes in March the 19th. By the way, since we mentioned Paul before, I neglected to mention, and there have been all these rumors about this, and you guys have all heard about this, that there is a new album coming out of cover versions of the McCartney 3 album. And I've heard that some people have gone on Spotify, they wanted to hear a certain song from McCartney 3, and it's a cover that they're hearing. <laughs> so I've seen a track listing for this already. It's not been made official yet, but um, we shall see. It looks like it certainly looks like it's pretty close to reality. This thing. Oh, I, yeah, I think so. I mean, they're they're issuing out dice again, like they did, you know, before the uh, before McCartney three came out, you know. So uh, you know, with all the names of the people that are on this record, so hmm. and I guess looks like I'm going to be fortunate enough to get one of these dice tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to uh, to checking that out and posting pictures about it. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's got me more. I mean. Now, getting these dice, it actually has me excited about, you know, listening to this album now, you know, so. New interpretations uh -huh. of yeah, new songs. Exactly. I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to it, actually. I, yeah. I think it'll be very interesting. Mm. Yeah, I don't mind that people are asking already. They're saying, oh, you're going to get it. Oh, this is ridiculous. Everybody has a different opinion. I, I, uh, I'm interested because I like the songs on it. I like the songs on this album. Yeah. So I'm interested mm -hmm. in hearing it, hearing it. Or well, maybe Another time I'd be uh, not so much, but this yeah. one I'm interested. Beck Beck doing "Find My Way" is yeah. is blowing my mind right now. Uh -huh. I know I'm I'm, I'm, here I'm, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, there used to be a time when I first started out when I didn't care about cover versions. Mm. Now I love them. Mm. I'm really curious about, especially new artists today interpreting mm -hmm. the Beatles music, the group and the solo music. But uh, as soon as we get an official word, we will pass that along. Yep. Now, let me bring up this book. This could have been the number one news item here tonight. This is a brand new book that has just come out. 
called Fandom and the Beatles. Just got it in the mail. Mm-hmm. Authors, Ken Womack and Kid O'Toole. Wow. And, uh, I know that, um, you know, most of you watching this show in your Beatle room, you have one shelf just reserved for Ken's books and one <laughs> shelf just for Kit's. Kits. <laughs> you have to get one, one for each shelf now. Right. This book is now available on softcover, which I have here on hardback, and it's also on Kindle. And hopefully we'll get Ken on. I'd love to get Ken on and you guys talking about this book. Yes, we'll definitely do that. Um, we will, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that after the show. But yes, we will be doing a, <laughs> we will be doing a show on that. Absolutely. And, and thank you for, for plug. Yeah, very excited about it. It's been the product of two or three years of work. And, and so we're glad it's finally, uh, finally out. So, uh, yeah. so thank you, Ken. So it looks like and Ken's so getting you delays, on that no sleep. You know. It looks like Ken's getting you on that no sleep <laughs> schedule as well, huh? Ken? Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. <laughs> We're all on a no sleep schedule here. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> now, in our last show, I mentioned that the great husband and wife duo of Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis Jr. have just covered the Paul McCartney and Wings classic, silly love songs, but didn't know more about it. Well, the two of them were on the CBS Morning News last weekend and it was revealed that they just made a new album of all songs written by Lennon and McCartney called Blackbird Lennon McCartney Icons. It will be 10 songs, eight of which are Beatles songs, one solo Lennon song, just like Starting Over and Paul's Silly Love Songs. Mm. Amazon says it will be coming out April the 30th and I now see on Amazon you can pre-order the CD. You can also buy individual songs as MP3s. Okay. Cool. I, I'm looking forward to that because I think they're both sensational. Right. Their voices are so strong to this day. Anyway, our friend Jeff Slate has just released the cover version of the Traveling Wilburys Handled with Care with his band, The Weekend Wilburys. Mm-hmm. And it's available now for purchase. A video can now be found on YouTube. And the group, The Gold Needles, have just released a new album called What's Tomorrow Ever Done for You, in which they cover George Harrison's If I Needed Someone. And a new video for their cover is now on YouTube. Okay. Some passings that I have to mention here. Uh, We mourn the passing of Chris Barber. Chris was a uh, British trad jazz band leader. And he died at the age of 90. Chris was a trombonist, Mm -hmm. a double bassist and band leader. And he influenced the path of mid-century pop. He was born in Hertfordshire, taught music at London's Guildhall School, and was a champion of trad jazz, the raucous New Orleans style that had waned by the early 1950s as bebop became more fashionable. He helped to reignite the style's popularity and also became known as one of the three Bs, along with Kenny Ball and Ackerbilk, who also separately revived trad jazz. Barber's biggest hit in the UK was the instrumental Petite Fleur, which went to number three on their charts in uh, 1959. And it was no stranger to us here in America where it peaked at number five that year. And Barber also collaborated with Lonnie Donegan and played double bass on the classic Rock Island line. But his biggest connection to the Beatles came from a song that Paul McCartney wrote, an instrumental originally titled Cat's Walk, which was retitled Cat Call. And Barber and his band recorded the song at Chapel Studios in London on July 20th, 1967. And Paul was there for the session, 
acting as a catcaller and doing a woohoo on the record a little more than two minutes in. Uh, this recording was later released on a compilation. Some of you may have the songs Lennon McCartney gave away in 1979 that came out. And there's actually a bootleg recording of the Beatles doing Cat's Walk at the Cavern Club. And it's mm. about a minute and 30 seconds long. Give yourself an education. If you never heard this song before, go on YouTube. You can hear the Beatles recording of Cat's Walk. You can hear Chris Barber's recording of Cat Call. Great instrumental. Really good. Also, we also uh, mentioned the, the uh, passing of Basker Menon the legendary head for EMI and Capitol Records. He oversaw the releases of the Beatles, solo Beatles music, Rolling Stones, Queen, David Bowie, Bob Seger, Steve Miller, Tina Turner, wow. and others. And he's responsible for the success of Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon, which elevated the group to superstar status. The Hollywood Reporter told of Basker helping bring a two-track recording machine to Bombay to help George Harrison record Wonderwall music. They only had a mono machine over there at EMI Studios in Bombay. He worked for EMI for 34 years, and he died at the age of 86. Don't know if you guys recall this. When we had Dave Morell on, he mentioned Basker because mm. there was a party in New York for Press to Play, and Paul was there, and Dave was there, and Basker was there. They were all together. And with Basker standing next to them. Basker um, line. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Right, right. You got the um, name wrong. Paul right. asked Dave, yeah. what's your favorite, favorite song from Press yeah. to Play? And with Basker standing next to him, he said, move over, Basker. Basker. Yeah. And Basker didn't get it. <laughs> yeah. But Paul was cool about it. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Basker Menon has passed away at the age of 86. And finally, I have to mention uh, the passing of Zach Nilsson. Zach Nilsson was Harry Nilsson's first child. And um, this was through his second marriage. He was a really sweet, down-to-earth guy. I had a chance to interview him a few years ago. It's on my website, by the way. And he, I talked to him about his life with Harry, what Harry was like, any Beatles stories that he can relate to us. And um, he was just a wonderful person. He had colon cancer the last mm. couple of years, and it was stage four when he was diagnosed. It was a terrible thing he went through. He had five tumors, and uh, they can only remove two of them. One of them was inoperable. He went through a lot of pain. He shared that very bravely online with videos. He had these cancerokies, as, as he called them. He sang along the songs and often he played drums to them. It's very good as a drummer and actually very good as a singer too. There are times you listen to his voice and it might remind you of Harry. And um, also his face resembled Harry quite a lot, especially in the eyes. Um, I feel very privileged that I had the chance to interview him as well as his brother Kifo, because uh, Kifo is on the Harry Nilsson album that came out last year, right. Lost and Found. And both those interviews are on my website together on the same page. And uh, you might remember my talking about this when he was first diagnosed. And uh, through a friend of mine, Stephen Kalinich, who's a great poet and a songwriter, who's best known for writing with the Beach Boys. He wrote a couple of songs with Dennis Wilson, and he wrote the, the song a friend like you, sorry, <clears throat> a friend like you with um, Brian Wilson, which was a duet that Brian did with Paul McCartney. Mm -hmm. And Stephen reached out to Paul 
about Zach, told him what was going on. And Paul wrote Zach a really nice letter. And uh, it was shown online just uh, to lift his spirits up while he was going through this and telling him how much he loved his father. Really sweet thing for Paul to do. So, but um, yeah, it's very sad what happened to Zach and uh, I admire him greatly. He's one of those people I wish I knew better. I only had the chance to actually speak to him once, but I wrote to him a few times on Facebook and um, he will be missed. Um, you know how old he was? 50. Right. He just turned 50. Wow. Mm. Way too young. Yeah. yeah. If you get the uh, the point uh, Blu-ray or DVD, one of the special features is, you know, the two brothers, you know, playing, I think it was the music of the point. I think. Right. Uh, yeah. And, wow. uh, you know, you can see the, how close they were. I mean, the, the chemistry between them two while on stage was, was really nice to see. So, um, you know, if you're interested in, 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 in that, you know, check it, check out that Blu-ray or DVD. Hmm. Yeah. They did that online last year as well. Yeah. You know, it was it was Kifo on the piano doing the singing and Zach did the narration like mm. what Ringo did. Right. Oh, so wow. it, was, it was great to see the two of them together. But um, Zach, you will be missed. Mm. By the way, I just want to say this because I know I mentioned this um, when I interviewed him. A, a lot of people probably thought this, but I asked Zach the question, will you name Zach because of Zach Starkey? And he didn't really know the answer. He said a lot mm. of people have asked me that. But oh. I would no. tend to think so, considering <laughs> how close Ringo and Zach were. Uh, if you listen to the interview that I did with Zach on my website, he tells a few Beatles stories, including when he met George Harrison, wow. um, which actually happened um, when The Fisher King came out as a movie. Right. And Harry went to London to do a song, um, How About You, the standard. Mm. You know, I love a Gershwin tune, How About <laughs> You. Oh, yeah. You know, he did that song. And while he was while he was in London, they went over to George's house and Harry and Zach hung out with with George and Danny. So that story's there uh, in my wow. interview. Oh, I bet very that was cool. amazing for him. I mean, all of them were very vocal about Harry uh, when Harry first came out on the scene, you know, with mm -hmm. everybody's talking and, you know, they all loved loved him. You know, said that it was, you know, their, his favorite band, you know, their favorite musician his group. Favorite group, favorite group. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. the fact there's a T-shirt, uh, mm. maybe Zach Ward or Kifo, you know, Harry's our favorite group or whatever. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Something to be proud of, you know. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But that's all the news I have. Okay. okay. Thank you, Ken. And we're ready to go to our main topic, folks. And I want to start by talking about uh, Cloud Nine being re released on November the second of nineteen eighty-seven. Now it was considered George's comeback album. Uh, you know, I agree with that. I mean, that, that that's arguable. Um, I think that he had been out of the scene for five years, or so as far as albums go, uh, since Gone Tropo in eighty-two, and Gone Tropo was kind of an invisible album in a lot of ways. People really didn't. Uh, Really didn't know it was there. He didn't uh, publicize it much. And somewhere in England, the year before in 81, wasn't much much more pronounced out there except for, I mean, the, the hit single all those years ago. So this was, a, I think it was kind of a comeback album. And I, I really was so happy <laughs> that it, did, it was so successful at the time. For George's sake, too, you know, I'm glad he had a hit. I'm glad he wound up getting a number one out of it. 
you know uh, that that was terrific and uh i like jeff lynn's production on this now you know from my experience some people love it some people are not too wild about jeff lynn i just thought before we just get going just a brief idea for maybe uh, the three of you what you think of the album overall uh, you know kit why don't we start with you on that um well this you know has very uh fond memories for me. Uh, I was in high school when this came out, uh, probably a sophomore, and, uh, and was, a, I was a Beatles fan then. And this was really the album that converted my friends too. you know, that, uh, uh, I mean, got my mind set on you became such a huge hit and, and converted so many, you know, my fellow 16 17 year olds who were kind of like who's this guy <laughs> i mean i i of course do him but um you know it was just such a and it still is you know listening to it now it's on the whole you know kind of a in some ways a joyful album although in some ways when you listen to some of the lyrics i mean he was definitely responding to his critics uh you know at the time i mean you you definitely hear that (laughs) yeah exactly but what else is new that's right um but he really i mean he just sounds so rejuvenated i Mm. mean you know after you know Mm. the the bitterness around Gontrapo and 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 that kind of thing and and you know when you hear this now i mean you just really hear how how creatively um inspired um he was as far as the jeff lynn production yes it's it's it it definitely i mean it's got jeff lynn's fingerprints all over it and i remember at the you know for years maybe not right at the time but for years i kind of thought eh, you know you you immediately hear it and, and you just think god jeff lynn and you know you can hear hear elo touches all over the place but it bothers me less now um you know i i really uh it, it now listening to it i i appreciate more uh, of of his production i appreciate his production style um, a lot more and see how it complemented um george i mean it really again just just um, you know he george just sounds so comfortable uh, I mean, his voice never sounded better uh, on this album. Um, you I was know, going to mention that. I love the way George sounds on here. Exactly. Like, oh. I mean, it really, when you listen to it, I thought, you know, listen to it again. I thought, God, I'd forgotten how good he sounded. I mean, his voice just, mm. and and so, um, yeah, I mean, I, it's just great. This album really stands the test of time. No yeah. question. I, I'll go as far to say, controversially, maybe uh, that, uh, I think that uh, some ways Jeff Lynne saved George's solo career at this point in his career. Hmm. That's what I thought at the time, anyway. Okay, what do you think, Tom, about the album? Well, I'll tell you what, 86 was probably the start of of me getting into the Beatles, you know, 13-year-old me, and then 14 next year, 14, you know, George Harrison. I couldn't have been happier. This album was just, I I had a smile on my face. I mean, it's the first solo record I bought with my own money, you know, so there's a lot of, yeah, a lot of sentimental, you know, a lot of nostalgia with this this album. And I'll tell you what, you know, if I was 14, if this came, album came out in 77 and I was 14 years old, yeah, I, I would have known who Jeff Lynn was. In 87, I had no clue who the hell Jeff Lynn was. <laughs> you know, ELO was, 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 well, you know, was no, was, was no, was nothing at that point in time, you know, so, um, I, you know, a George, uh, I mean, a Jeff Lynn production to me in 87 
what the hell was that? You know, I mean, I listened to the album. I loved the album. Didn't care who produced it. It sounded great to me. Still yeah. does sound great to me. So it doesn't, didn't really matter to me who produced it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, just a lot of great feelings listening to this album again um, over the last uh, week or so and um, brought back a lot of great memories being, you know, really the only person appreciating this album in my school because again, you've got the hair metal thing, you've got the, you know, the girl band, I mean, you got the boy bands, I mean, you've got, you know, all these different genres of music coming in and all of a sudden here's this, you know, elder statesman from the 60s and now he's number one number one showing these all my these mindset young... on you yeah yes. exactly not the album this, but the well thing, i mean with yeah. the with the yeah. yeah with got my mindset on you showing all of these younger kids how it's done i mean on uh, mtv oh, yeah on mtv <laughs> right. right i kind of <laughs> like the, the second video better than the first video because it put george harrison front and center yeah. you know with with him sitting in the chair and everything like that i didn't really care for the first video yeah before. i mentioned this I before though. I, I, love that I think that the yeah. one with the arcade probably right. uh, interested some of the younger viewers right. too i think that might have worked for them in my opinion ken what do you think yeah what did you think well i love the album instantly i mean yeah. it reminded me in so many ways uh you know john lennon took five years off in between rock and roll and double fantasy and i was so thrilled when double fantasy first came out just to hold anything new from john lennon it was the same thing with george because it was a five-year absence although he did release a single with i don't want to do it Mm -hmm. in between and he also did the call perkins special which was really sensational and you so have he wasn't... to see that you have to see that if you haven't oh, seen it oh awesome. he just he lit up like a christmas tree around around call perkins it, mm -hmm. it's just a wonderful concert but um you know I, I love all the songs on here i kind of equate this album with a much more commercial effort mm -hmm. like 33 mm -hmm. and a third was and 33 and a third had you know some top 40 singles in there with this song and Cracker Box Palace, but it showed George's sense of humor. It wasn't all very serious. So when you're watching Got My Mind Set on You, the video, and there's this guy who obviously is not George doing a somersault. You know, <laughs> that was awesome. You know, very Monty Python-esque that video <laughs> is for me for, for that reason. You know, that kind of thing. And also uh, not being afraid to visit the Beatle past with when it was fab and how Good great points. that video was. Yes. It great showed video. a sense of humor, much like yeah. he did with Cracker Box Palace in, in 33 yeah. and a third. So, you know, but at the same time, I'm not going to say that this is so far superior to a lot of other albums that he made that were not as commercial. And I, I especially love the serious spiritual side of George Harrison. I've said many times, Living in the Material World is my favorite album from any artist, even more than when the Beatles. The, when, when did that happen? When did I, you come guess, to realize that? You know, 1973 hit me so hard with all the solo music of that mm -hmm. year, but as years went on, I always kept going back to Living in the Material World okay. and hearing songs like, um, you know, The Light That Has Lighted the World mm -hmm. and Who Can See It. And those songs touch me more than just most of George's catalog. But at the same time, I love all the different sides of George Harrison. Mm -hmm. And Jeff Lynne deserves a ton of credit. I have never, ever disliked Jeff Lynne's production work. And if anything, he brought new life to George's music and, mm -hmm. you know, more of a spark to it. And it, it did sound, uh, you know, at the time, extremely contemporary. And as much as I hate bringing up whether 
sounds are dated. I don't even care about that anymore. But I could listen to Cloud9 now and, and enjoy it every bit as much as I ever have. And just like I give Phil Spector a lot of credit for something like The Long and Winding Road, which I know is so controversial uh, <laughs> among a lot of Beatle fans, part of the reason why that single was so successful was because of the production behind it. Right. And part of the reason why Cloud9 was so successful was because Jeff Lynne was involved with it. I think yeah. if Cloud9, even with the same songs that I love on there, sounded more like Gontrapa or somewhere in England, it probably wouldn't have sold as well. Mm. Yeah, I agreed. really do, you know. Songs are more important to me than the production, but in this case, the production really did help. Yeah. I mean, the, the songs are there, but as you say, there's that real oomph, and George right. needed, needed that. He needed that shot in the arm, I think. Yeah, that. I love this picture. Yeah. A lot of help from his friends, too. There you <laughs> go. Okay. Well, anyway, let's finally get started with this impossible task, because it depends. Some That's albums so for me are easier. Some are harder. This is a hard one because I do like every song on the album different to different degrees. Mm -hmm. So we, there are 11 tracks here. And I can tell you from doing this on, I do, on my show lately, Fab Gab, where I've been ranking Beatles albums, that it, 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 with two of us, it can take sometimes like, you know, 75 minutes or something. So <laughs> let's see how we can do with four of us. We can move it along. We're going to start. We're gonna go from eleven, which is our would be our least favorite or worst if it applies to you, uh, to our favorite, most favorite, what we feel we like the best. Uh, all right, so we're gonna start with number eleven, and um, to to lead us off, I'm gonna to go to you, Tom. Uh, start with you. What did you pick as your least song on this album? Okay, well, I like to love ten of the eleven tracks on this album, and the one song that I just don't really care for that much ever since I've owned this album is unfortunately Breath Away From Heaven. I think just listening to the rest of the song, I had this uh, album on CD first. So you got, you know, you got, um, uh, what was it? Nine tracks before this. And I loved the, the flow of the, this album. And then when it gets to number 10 and Breath Away To Heaven, I just felt like it just kind of just flattened out the feel of the album for me. I'm not saying that it's a terrible song or anything. I'm just saying that to me, it just didn't, uh, it's just not up to par with the rest of the songs on this album. Okay, gotcha. And, uh, you know, if anybody wants to try, well, I guess when we get to the titles themselves, you can say what you think of it, because otherwise it might be a little too long if we take everyone and analyze every opinion. Okay, Tom. All right. So now we'll go to Kit. What do you have for the, bringing up the rear at number 11 here? Okay, number 11, um, you know, one of the ballads uh, that just never really... Uh, register with me was just for today um i just thought it was a little um a little dreary in a way i mean just in the arrangement and i just felt like it, it just didn't go anywhere um and again hard to say is that the, you know there you know the lesser track on this album is you know it's not a bad right. track but um but i just felt like it 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 just uh as i said it, it just didn't go anywhere for for me it just uh, didn't have any you know real melody it just was a little little dreary okay gotcha ken uh, what's uh, number 11 choice for you um i just want to make sure that i say that i love every song on this album <laughs> so this is a least favorite right I, yeah. I don't hate any song here on this record 
um, but I will also go with just for today. Um, and I, I really love the melody. I love the, the spiritual feel of it, the gospel feel. And in many ways, when a song is slow, but even, you know, it, it, it brings it, it makes it even stronger. You know, it really articulates, you know, the, the, the power of the message of the song. And, um, and I believe you know, George said that he got the idea from a pamphlet uh, I think a friend had from an yeah. AA meeting. And so, yeah, but wherever you get it, where, whatever inspires you to write the song, that's all that matters. Exactly. But it's still a beautiful melody, great slide guitar work. I love it. I just mm. love it the least. That's all. <laughs> I, I completely understand what you're saying. And you too, Kit, because my uh, number 11 choice is also just for today. Um, I think it's got a great message in it, you know, um, not to worry so much about just for, take a break from your problems today. Don't even don't be your own life's problem. Sometimes we make our own problems. I, I think it has a lot to say. I love what it has to say. But I mean, in the context of the other songs that have to be my least favorite. And I also like every song on here that I said. Um, so that's why I, I went with with it for number 11, but uh, the slow part of it really more than anything. Hey, look, I love slow songs. <laughs> it's not just because it's right. some of my favorites are slow songs, but I think it, when I'm listening to the album at that point, it just it kind of stops a little bit. Love the song, uh, right. what it says, but it is a little of a down point of the album. So, mm. all right. So we did that one easily enough <laughs> let's uh now go to, usually i would say the top 10 with only 11 songs here. so um for number 10 i'm going to start this time with ken michaels ten, uh, for number 10 ken what, what did you manage to come up with well again i love this song too and i'm going to go with breath away <laughs> from heaven but the reason why uh, i love this song is because whenever an artist does something that's different for him mm -hmm. i applaud them and this has as you can expect an oriental feel to it and I think it really works. I think it's well constructed. And, you know, whenever an artist like George does something like this, I wish he would do a lot more of it. And you did have the title track to Shanghai Surprise, which you really can't count in this album anyway. It became a bonus track when it was reissued. But I wish George had done more in that style because I think it really worked well for him. I don't really care that it's slow. <laughs> you know, it works the way that he wrote this song. And, um, you know, originally it was for the movie and there was a different version that was in the movie. Right. But yeah. um, I mm -hmm. think that, uh, you know, it's it's very well executed, this song for what he was trying to achieve. OK, Ken, that was that was good. All right. Now I'm going to go to Tom for number 10. What do you have? Okay. Tom? For? Well, my 10 was your guys is 11 um, just for today. <laughs> this to me is a plastic Ono band song um from that first album you know it says a lot it's it's very powerful lyrically i think in that form so so that being said i have to be necessary i'm not necessarily always in the mood to listen to that kind of song so for me that's why it kind of just it's kind of a little bit of a downer song in a way you know i love the lyrics though i love you know if i could feel not sad and lonely not be my life my own life's problems you know if i could just try to live through the day only not to deal with you know life's problem i mean i just i i think that stuff is great but i am not down at all at this point in my life right now so you're gonna have, you know you're gonna have I mean? trouble in, in in a month or so yeah <laughs> but i know right yeah yeah but um 
too. that's unfortunately that's why this song for me is a, is is a, is down the bottom of the of the barrel. Unfortunately, because you know I, I'm in a great spot in my life right now, and I just I have to be in a kind of that kind of mood to listen to the song. Good. Well said. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have the same issue with the uh, Plastic Auto Band when that comes out because yeah. you know I don't feel like that so much these days. But uh, okay, thank you. So now we go over to Kit for number uh, number ten. Kit, what do you what do you have? Uh, well, before I get to that, I just uh, we have a question from uh, Chris oh. Dahl asking does um, does George uh, play piano on Just for Today? I believe it was Gary Wright. I think mm. Gary Wright played uh, piano right. on that uh, on that track. So just I'm just not sure. I think I'm not sure, but I That's think the so. The thing about this album is it just gives the credits. It doesn't go credit by songs, unfortunately. Yeah. Right. So exactly. it's got so, uh, Gary Wright and Elton sure. John on on piano. So seeing yeah. that you know Elton John was probably just on when we was fab, I would guess that mm. Gary Wright probably was piano for that. So not sure, but I I think so. Um, number uh, so number ten, uh, Breath Away from Heaven. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I applaud, uh, George, as you were saying, Ken, for trying something different. Um, hmm. and, and this is definitely, uh, different from the rest of the album. And of course, you know, I understand the, the, uh, as you said, the, the Asian accents, uh, to this because of being from Shanghai surprise. Um, hmm. and, uh, and the lyrics, uh, I, I do appreciate the lyrics. I think they're, they're really uh, beautiful. Um, but, um, there's just something about the execution um, that just doesn't really blow me away. Um, you know, there's there's just something about it. it I don't know. Um, it's another kind of like just for today. I, I I'm waiting for it to go somewhere and it doesn't quite get there for me. Um, mm. But uh, but I applaud him, as, as you said, for trying something new, you know, and and, and really expanding his uh, the different genres uh, definitely that he challenged me on right. this song <laughs> yeah exactly so i mean so that's why i ranked it above just for today because i i i really applaud him for for doing that and for trying something different but um i i just felt like he didn't quite get there but but i really uh, but i appreciate it hmm. yeah okay. well you know for for the for the average person out there that doesn't know george's full catalog and might think that everything that George did sounds the same with all slide guitar and everything. Yeah. They don't know how diverse his music really is. Exactly. And you, you should play Shanghai Surprise or Breath Away From Heaven and see what they think of that. And they'll probably be a, a little bit surprised, you know, that he was, that he ventured into, you know, that, that kind of genre. Yep. That's true. Oh, well, I got to give number 10 and I feel really, uh, it's tough to give this now because of, I almost wanted to switch two of them around now. I kind of did, but I'm, I'm going to, uh, with my pen, I'm like, no, because if I do that, I'm going to get confused as to what order we go when I have the, the order. order. It's a long story. <laughs> so I have to keep them the way they were. And I put originally, and maybe I'll change it, Wreck of the Hesperus at number hmm. 10. Uh, uh, I was almost going to put Breath there. Now. But anyway, Wreck of the Hesperus, I don't know. You know, now that I'm thinking of this song, it's good fun. And, you know, he's got tough. Very tongue-in-cheek, George. I like that about it. You know, it's fun. It's a fun song. I don't know why. I mean, maybe maybe I, I originally put it there because it's a little bit uh, all over the place in a way kind of thing. I don't know. It's just where it felt. But you change your mind all the time, and that's happening to me as I'm doing this and as we're mm -hmm. talking. 
I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe maybe I would have put Breath Away from Heaven there. Oh, I'm thinking, you know, you mentioned it. That's what I put there. I don't know what it is. He's got some funny funny lines in the song. It's a good mm. good humor song. I enjoy it. I just was always a little a little clunky. And that's maybe the one time where George's voice maybe is a little goes off, but you know, at parts. I don't want to imitate it. I will do it. No, but I, I, it's fun. That's what makes it fun. I really like it. But for me, I put it at number 10. Robert Henry agrees with you, Joe. Really? (laughs) Oh, boy, I tell you, it's getting hot in here. All right. (laughs) All right. So then we can go to number number nine. Okay. Let me cross this. I want to make sure I do this right. Number nine. And this time for the ninth one, I'm going to start with you, Kit. Okay. What do you have for number nine? Number nine. All right. Um, I went with um, Someplace Else. Um, it's it's a pretty song. Uh, and um, but and this was a tough call. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this is from nine on. This was really tough. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I went through many drafts. <laughs> and, yeah. And uh, this was really really tough and it just kind of came down to all right which are the ones that have stuck with me over time uh that i remember the most um that i quote (laughs) you know and as beautiful as this is and it really is it's a it's a beautiful ballad my favorite ballad on the album um you know it just hasn't stuck with me as as much as the other but uh, as the others on the album but i love his guitar uh on this you know beautiful Beautiful. guitar beautiful Mm uh and and uh love the lyrics i mean it's it's uh you know just a really uh genuine love song you know it's 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 just beautiful but you know it just as i said it hasn't stuck with me like the other tracks i'm going to talk about so as much as it pained me to it i know i had to I put it, it at number nine um wasn't that it wasn't that another one that was in shanghai surprise yes mm-hmm. so, yeah i think okay, they read gonna... yeah they uh they he, he redid yes. the song for the album as well yeah. yeah yep all right uh so now we go to ken for number nine ken well ironically my number nine song is cloud nine Oh, ah, tricky. Uh, you know, again, you know, I love all the songs on this album. It's very, very tough. You know, how do you decide? This is number nine. This is number eight. You know, you really like number eight so much more than number nine. You gotta weigh everything. <laughs> but, um, but Cloud Nine is a really great opening song. That's what I love most yeah. about it. It really, you know, kicks the album in, especially right with that guitar playing. And, um, you know, I love the whole sound of it. It doesn't have um, a middle eight at all. It's just the same right. verses, you know. I take a look at that very often, how much work is put into the actual composition. But I love it. You know, it's it's a good song. It's just that I like the others more. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, yeah. Great guitar playing in it. Okay, Tom, number nine for you. All right. Let's get controversial. Uh-oh. I know what. Uh oh. The song put them back on the map. But, you know, <laughs> I got my mind set on you uh, just over the years. And Ken, I know you don't like the term, you know, aged well or hasn't aged well. 
but just over the years, the excitement for, yeah, I know, right? Over the years, the excitement for this song has just taken a, a nosedive. I mean, it, it's, it's very repetitive. However, a lot of songs in, in George's canon is very repetitive, you know, but it just doesn't, the song just doesn't excite me anymore like it used to. And it's it's the song. I mean, and it's not the 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 arrangement or anything because I think he approved on the original. Um, I think, in my opinion, but uh, it's just unfortunately it just hasn't done anything for me since probably you know last twenty years. You know, so I just don't mm -hmm. like it as much as I used to. How about that? Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. Got you. And uh, let's see. That's enough for me. I had to wind up number nine. That's where I put Breath Away from Heaven. Uh, which I, you know, and one of the good things about going last sometimes is you already covered it, so I, it takes the, the load off me. Unless I have something different to offer, I love I love the Oriental sound of it. I think it's a beautiful song. That's about all I could say. But it just comes number nine for me. That's you know I enjoy it, but that's where it, it fell. All right, so that was easy. Now um, we're up to number eight, and this time, Tom, you're up first. All right, uh, take my time. I'll show you Cloud Nine. Um, I, I I dig this one a lot. You know, tomorrow it might be a little higher on the list, but uh, you know, brings the horns out on this one. And, you know, and, and Ken, you know, he mentioned the uh, the the guitar playing on this one is 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 fantastic. I think it's a great opening um, album song. I think it opens the album great and you know I, I like the lyrics you know take my hope maybe even share a joke if you know if it feels good to be shown you may make it on your own and, and if you want to quit that's fine I, I like all the lyrics to this song I mean I, I think this is one of his strongest lyrical albums um, in his canon I, I really enjoy you know a lot of whimsical stuff like Joe has said before a lot of humor that George humor that we've that we've talked about in the past but um, but yeah I'm just unfortunately there's uh, there's what seven seven other songs I like a little bit more than this one Okay, crossing you off. Okay, now we got uh, Kit next for number eight. All right. Well, you know this is interesting. When I first got this album, all those all those years ago, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to get like a little bell and hit it every time, like we say a, a solo song or something. We should. Uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. 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 Sound effect. Ding. Yeah. Uh, ding. Um, you know, this was my one of my favorites back in the 80s and you know listening to it now it's it's you know kind of gone down a bit but i still you know still like it uh if that's what it takes mm. uh particularly uh you know that that sort of um middle sort of that middle part before mm. he goes into the chorus um right you know i i really um you know i just think it, this has a lot of um interesting um, parts to it, um, great vocals from George. Um, you know, this this song ha takes some interesting twists and turns. Um, you know, some good kind of pop rock. Um, and uh, and as I said, back in the eighties, I just this I would play this song to death. <laughs> and uh, and you know, and now as I said, I still like it a lot. Um, <laughs> but you know, there's some other songs on here that I just you know I like better, but it's still, it's still a great track to me, but hmm. had to, had to rank it. You know, it's interesting as you grow older, how your tastes change a bit. And, uh, oh, yeah. but you know, it really is, but I still like it, you know, a great deal. It's, uh, you know, it's some good, uh, good pop. You can really, 
you know, hear Jeff Lynn's influence on this as well in the in the production, which which is fine. <laughs> which in this case in this case was good, but uh, but just always uh, just always thought this was an underrated track. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, Ken, you're up for number eight. Number eight for me is when we was fab. Oh, oh, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I <Sorry>. love the song. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know, I have no complaints to make about it. Uh, it's done extremely well. You know, very nostalgic look. I love the, the video for it, especially. Mm. You know, it's hysterical when, when Ringo's carrying the keyboards on right. one side and he comes back on the other. It's one of my favorite, you know, parts of that video. Uh, I love the whole sound of it, the production of it, even using references to 60 songs like Strangers in the Night. And you really got a hold on me. Uh, yeah, I would get yeah, good point. Yep. You know, I love all that stuff about it. It's just that I, you know, I love the other songs more. Yep. Again, there, there's is, no real criticism here. It's no, very tough. no, which is what it comes it's down a, to. You know, yeah. this one, this particular album, nothing really to criticize. I don't think, for the most part. Um, all right, so that's your number eight. Mine is Cloud Nine, the, mm. the title track. I like the guitar playing in it very much. I think Eric Clapton plays on there a lot he does um, play on it i think it's it's um i think it's a duel between george and eric yeah. it definitely you know. is on that's what it takes right the yes two of them well, trade guitar lines guitar at licks, the end right. it, it, it works great as an opening track but you know it's funny i, I enjoy it but I, there's something about it that i'm surprised it even ranks as high as it does but i was almost going to rank it lower great as an opener to set the mood for the album but if it was a song anywhere else in the album, I don't think it would it would work as well. It works well as an opener for me, and then kind of peters out. It's like, all right, let's let's get on with it. We made okay, Cloud Nine, we get it. Let's go on with the rest mm. of the album. But I love mostly the guitar work that I like on it the best. So that's my number eight, which is now going to bring us to number seven. And for this one, we're going to start with Ken Michaels at number number seven. Huh? What? <laughs> Oh, dang, he said this one. I, I didn't, oh, because that's a... Oh, uh, before we, before, before we go on, a uh, couple of uh, reactions, oh, uh, Ken, uh, to, your, to your choice. Rich from Richard Akotwick uh, saying, wow, hearing that from Ken makes me wish I was someplace else. <laughs> and from Hudson uh, Rainey, Ken, you are in some cockamamie business. Uh, <laughs> yes, I am. Well, I <laughs> I gotta tell you though, that's, that's very impressive. Was I hear yes. I mean, I, I, I when I hear it, that's that number, that that low for Ken. But that's great. <laughs> so I'm sorry. Like Car- I want carry us to be on. a little bit different. We've been pretty yeah. close so far with yeah, a little bit. You know, yeah. Just for yeah, today, that, breath that, away from heaven funny. being at yeah. the bottom. Yeah. All right. So, so where were we at? Seven. 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 I'm going to give to someplace else, and I really do love all of George's ballads, and this one is this. Is also strong as far as I'm concerned. And his guitar work is absolutely impeccable on here. You know, and uh, his voice is great. We did say that earlier. That's another thing I love about this album. And I remember George talking about his voice um, when this album came out, saying that he just, you know, he doesn't worry about his voice. He was a little bit more paranoid in the past about his vocals. And so he was much more comfortable, I think, at this time in this stage of his life. And through so many songs, I think his voice sounds phenomenal. And I think it sounds really great no. in someplace else. 
Yeah, yeah, great voice on this on this album. As, as as I said earlier, and I just remember, I remember another quote in one of the interviews. Somebody said though, you know, it's such a good album, and you know, it's so, it sounds so good on it. And he said, "Well, I think absence makes the heart grow fonder." <laughs> he says because he's been gone for a while, and it's, you know, and I'm like, no, no, it's a good album, George. It's a good album, yeah. not just that you haven't had a full album in a while. So anyway, okay, thank you very much there, Ken. Now we're going to move to Tom at number seven here. We're going to find out what you got here. Okay, the closer I get into that open door, I've got to be sure if that's what it takes. I adore the chorus of of this song. Uh, I I love it. The guitar work, Ken, like you said, I mean, it's just really solid guitar work on this track and throughout the whole stinking album. Um, It's just, uh, and and that's in a good way. I I say that in a good way. I'm saying that in a positive way um, because you know I love it so much. But uh, but yeah, I I, I love the uh, this the slide guitar you know work on this one. I love the lyrics, specifically the chorus. So the this reason why this song is so high up for me is is the on the strength of the chorus alone. I really dig it, really dig mm. it. And yeah. like you, Kit, I played the hell out of this song in the '80s. Yeah, <laughs> that song was one of the most impressive songs to me. Mm. And it's really the first, that's the second song. So it's the first proper song. I mean, right? Yeah. It's the second yeah, song. It's after the second song on the album. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You really get into the meat of the album with that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Uh, yep. Anyway, I'll save that for later. Okay. Yeah. So, Kit, you're up for number seven. All right. Number seven is uh, Wreck of the Hesperus. Um, mm. what, what a fun song this is. Um, you know, you've got Eric Clapton and uh, Elton John, I believe, appear on this. Um, yeah, but yeah, right. And uh, but of course, the star of the show, the lyrics. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Boy, does George have some fun. Yes. I'm not the wreck of the Hesperus. Feel more like the Wall of China, I getting know. as old as Methuselah. Feel as tall uh, the uh, as the Eiffel Tower. The top, and yeah. and I love this one. I'm not a power of attorney, but I can rock as good as Gibraltar. Gibraltar. I mean, right. just wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful stuff. I mean, I'm switching my pick. That's it. It's going. It's going higher. but i mean really it's it's you know i mean the 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 backing track i mean the you know as i said with clapton elton john it is wonderful but but this is this is george at you know his his lyrical best in terms of his humor i mean this is he is just having such fun on on this track um and uh, and he gets in some little digs at his critics on this too as we talked about but mostly it's it's just a lot of fun um and uh boy this just was another case of he's back (laughs) (laughs) he is back so yep that's my number seven great uh my number seven (laughs) at least tom said it first so i didn't have to say it earlier that's where i put got my mind set on you largely for the same uh, reasons as tom well first of all it's a cover doesn't mean anything and i always have to say covers i love the covers and when i did just a couple of mine i put the cover beatles ones i put cover songs near the top you know so it doesn't mean anything but i'm looking for excuses to put this got my mind set on you here but it's mostly the, uh, um, the fatigue factor i mean i'm glad that that's a song that i seem to hear i hear that song a lot you know if you're going to hear a george song a lot of times that's what if i'm in a supermarket or a restaurant or something i hear that a lot I'm glad, you know, I think people really, I think people still like it, yeah. you know, uh, newbies. I think they really uh, can gravitate to that song. Uh, I, I've heard the original since I didn't know it was, you know, I never heard the original at the time. 
And then I played the original. I prefer George's version. I think he, he improved it. And I'm so glad he got a big hit with it, you know. Uh, but just tired, a little tired of it, enough to, you know, not put it all the way near the bottom, but it fell around that point for me, number seven. Got my mind set on you. Yeah. Okay. Let's see now. All right. So now we go to number six. And to start us off, we have Kit O'Toole. Okay, boy, this was this was a tough call. Mm. Oh, 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 what the hell? All the <laughs> tough calls. Let's let's just <laughs> right. let's just say it. You know, uh, yeah. Fish on the sand. Oh. Uh, I this almost made the top five. Um, I but I kind of had made my top five already. So I I you know this was but this was close. But um, you know, great melody. Um, you know, uh, you know, just just so catchy i mean it really this is just one of those songs that has stuck with me i mean i just uh, you know you I, I just can hum the melody um it's it's just um you know and clever lyrics too uh yet another case of, of george Ray. i mean you know not so much of a band i'm like a fish on the sand i mean who you know who would come up with that um it's it's just uh you know it's clever it's catchy it's memorable um it's it's just a, a great great song um and uh so as i said much as it killed me to to not have it be quite top five um i i had to had to do it but but it's very very close all right okay uh, now we got number six for ken what do you have ken Okay, I'm going to go with Wreck of the Hesperus. Mm. And I love that song for all the reasons you guys gave. I do love those lyrics. It's not only, he not only can make fun of the world, but he makes fun of himself too. You know, there's one line towards the end, getting old is my mother, but I tell you, I got some company. (laughs) I like when you can make fun of yourself and just shows the great sense of humor that he he had. And uh, it's a really funky song. You know, between that and the lead guitar work, it really works. I mean, if George had ever toured, um, oh, well, great. beyond yeah. the, the the tour of Japan, that would have been a smoking song, <laughs> live wreck of the Hesperus. <clears throat> Definitely, that would have worked really well. Yeah, you're right. So, um, yeah, I had to put that one there. Okay, uh, Tom, it's your turn at number six. All right, number six. I uh, kind of feel bad for putting this one here because it's just, it's a great, great pop, upbeat pop ballad um, and great third single. And uh, this is love. I love the video. I love the, I like the, the playing on this one as well. I love his voice on this, on this song. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, the other ones are just, uh, you know, etched it out a little bit, but, uh, but the spectacular guitar playing on this one, um, you know, the video really does the song justice. I mean, you really, you know, I, I mean, I love the, the, the get together, you know, the, the family, you know, togetherness and whether it's band and family members, it's, it's, it's a really a great, a good feeling song that, um, you know, it's a good summer song, really, you know what I mean? You know, outside barbecuing, you know, with family, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just, it's just got that vibe, you know, that upbeat, happy vibe. And, uh, you know, maybe it should have been a little higher on my list but um but that's <laughs> right happening yeah i know right like that, right yeah all righty so for number six i went with someplace else 
that's where that fell out. You know, beautiful song, softer, ballady. Um, but I like another one, which is always similar to me. Uh, I like another one that's kind of a soft ballady song better than that. So mm. the other one got higher, which we'll get to at some point. Um, it's, it's a, you know, I, why can't you say everybody's covered some, some of these are in some, to some point? Uh, nothing to say about it. Just where it falls. And I'm trying to move, since I'm trying to move along a little bit, I'm, mm. I'm saying as little as, as Top possible. five. It's getting, yeah, getting serious now. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's right, on so now. This is, that's what <laughs> it gets fun. Top five. Right. Uh, so we're going to start with Tom Hunyadi this time for number five. Number five. Here we go. You know I need you. You know I love you. If I can't be with you, I'm not such such so much of a man. I'm like a fish on the sand. I love it. Love the lyrics to everything on this song. Love the love the playing. Um, uh, everything. I like kind of there's a little bit of a George uh, or a Jeff Lynne production on this one a little bit. And um, it, it works for me. And I think this is just a, another. I think it's another feel good song. It's just uplifting. I think I love that this is that this album is mostly upbeat you know a lot of really guitar driven upbeat songs on this one and i think that's why i love this album so much and and this song is no exception so uh, this is uh this is my number five i love it love it okay. every day good good one all right uh kit you're up for number five uh, I picked got my mind set on you because while i totally get the overplayed um angle because i i'm I admit I'm a little tired of it myself. Um, it's it's a very important song um, in George Harrison's career. I mean, yep. no question. Mm. Um, it was his comeback. Uh, comeback song uh, introduced a whole new generation to him. Um, it, uh, you know, number one, first number one single um, in, you know, many, many years. Uh, it, uh, you know, it was, it's a big song. And, uh, and so while I agree that I'm a little tired of it, um, I decided to kind of split the difference and I, I put it in the middle. Um, and, and that's uh, what happens. You still managed to get in the top five, but it's, yep. it's number five. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I decided to, yeah. to, to do that, but, and it's, oh, yeah. and it's, and it's great. I mean, it's a, it's catchy. I, I absolutely see why it was a hit. No it really, question. it really is. It really is good. All right, Ken, that leaves you for number five. Okay, I will echo Kit's words there. And got my mindset on you is my number five choice. Um, you know, I will say that while I, I, when it comes to the solo Beatles catalog in general, I tend to, in most cases, really love a lot of the album cuts more than the singles. But in George's case, I never get tired of any of his singles. And um, I, I listen to the radio probably more than all of us. And uh, I'm still thrilled when a radio station will play Got My Mind Set On You because mm. there isn't enough representation of the solo Beatles in the 80s. And I'm glad to see that, you know, yes, it was number one back then. Doesn't mean it still has to get airplay now. And it still does. And I still hear it in supermarkets every now and then. And I'm very happy to hear it. I think it was a really great arrangement to the song. George's vocals are fantastic. I love how the drums kick in. Jim Keltner had a lot to do with that drum pattern, which really was part of the of the arrangement of why that song worked. Mm. And um, yeah, I mean, I haven't gotten tired of it. I still love it, same as I well, always have. And it does keep George fresh in, in people's minds. And, and I like how you said 80s, also 80s solo mm. Beatles track yeah. from the 80s. All right, uh, five for me was Fish on the Sand. 
you know, that was one of when, when I first got the album in 1987. That was my favorite track. I remember. I just loved that right away. Just George, a little more upbeat, a little more rocking slightly. I thought it was just a fun song, and uh, that was a favorite of mine. Now it's gone down a little bit, still in the top five, and there it was. <laughs> top five. All right. Now we're going. To, any comments? I, mean, I don't want to put you on the spot, but if you see anything, you want, feel free at any uh, time. Yeah. Um, let's see. I think um, Susan. Uh, let's see. Uh, Susan Gagney said, "I'll always love got my mind set on you." Uh, I remember my four-year-old niece, who now has a four-year-old of her own, watching the moving <laughs> part, all the moving parts in the video on MTV, and it puts a smile on my face again. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it does. It has, it has great yeah. memories. Yeah, uh, yeah. Timothy Allen's a number five for him, Wreck of the Hesperus, although these days I feel like I am. Yeah, <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, George, I, George I used you. to say about Wreck of the Hesperus that he would come home from school and he would be all messy and his hair would be disheveled. And, you know, his mother would say to him, oh, look at you. You look like the wreck of the Hesperus. <laughs> so that, I'm sure that was, uh, you know, a big reason why he wrote a song with that title. Yeah. And uh, Tom Brennan agrees. Number five, Fish on the Sand. Mm. So, yeah, oh, that was, right. yeah, it's, that was a tough call. It really all was right. for me. It's a great song. So now we're going to go to Ken for number four. Your first, Ken. My number four song is This Is Love. This Is mm. Love is an absolutely perfect pop song. Everything about it is wonderful. The melody is great. George's vocals are great, especially towards the end when he's hitting a high note. Mm. Um, yeah, I love the production on it. it. It should have been, you know, I really wish that This Is Love had been the second single. Mm. on the album more yeah. so than when it was fab i mean we all know got my mindset on you went to number one when it was fab went to number 23 mm. after that it's kind of hard when you've had momentum in the very beginning for the third single to do well mm. and that's part of why this love didn't do very well but i think this love would have done better as a single than when it was fab just far more I... catchy and it's, it's probably the most beatly song well, actually, when it was fab, as yeah, it was fab. But yeah. along with that, it's just mm. so I could hear the Beatles singing the yeah. harmonies on that, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that was, that's a good choice for a single. I, wonder, I could see <clears throat> it being the second single. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all right. So, Tom, you're up for number four. There's there's another line in the Wreck of the Hesperus that also kind of pokes fun at George too. That I just love. I love. This whole this whole song lyrically is, I think, some of his best written lyrics. But uh, been plucked, or uh, ain't no more no spring chicken. Been plucked, but I'm still kicking. Yeah, <laughs> this again just shows the the humor of George and the sense of humor of George. And um, yeah, I mean, the record Hesperus, I play a lot if i'm playing this album uh i'm i look forward to hearing this song every time and it's always been a standout uh for me just you know the, again lyrically i just excited me you know brainless writers gossip nonsense to other heads as dense as they is you know there's just a lot of fun you know in this song and and again that's just the theme of this album to me is fun for for the most of it and uh and this album just uh you know or the song sorry this song ding uh has uh has the you know 
that written all over it for me. So I, I got record of the Hasbro number four. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah, that's that's cool to hear. I mean, geez, when I when I said well, it was with me, it must have been like cringy. Oh, yeah. oh uh, <laughs> but I mean, the more I hear you guys talk about it, the more I'm like, oh no, that was that wasn't that wasn't fair. That should have been a lot higher, you know. Let's <laughs> hmm. I love the way well, sometimes like when people. you hear somebody's story about what a song means to them, you know, you kind of look at, think yeah. about it in their eyes or look at it, in, you know, with their eyes. You know, maybe yeah. you haven't come up with a different perspective on on the song. Well, well said. Mm -hmm. Okay, where are we at? Kick number yep. four. Well, I guess I'm going to be throwing a curveball and giving some love to a song that uh, hasn't gotten a lot yet. Cloud Nine. I mm. love oh. Cloud Nine. I mm. love that song. Um, mm. You know, from the moment I heard it, first of all, it, as you said, uh, Ken, great op uh, album opener. First of mm. all, I mean, that is a perfect album opener. So it works on that level. But I, I just love it in general. It's got this really great kind of blues element to it sure got yeah. those horns yeah. uh you know those those kind of um oh that kind of snake you know snaky sounding horns and uh the horns that we like yeah right horns. exactly we love horns <laughs> and uh and then we've got you know and then george really goes uh you know just remember really, a particular word don't say the word so i'm not gonna I like do horns. it we like horns, <laughs> like horns <laughs> that's all i'm gonna yeah, say yeah, yeah. and <laughs> and uh and it doesn't quite reach to that level but uh but anyway <laughs> uh, and also, I like how George uses his voice on this, right. that it's, you know, he goes you know way deeper than he normally right. does. Mm. Um, and uh, so it's just really a different kind of song for him. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, just, yeah, it goes really, you know, and so I, I like this, this bluesy kind of, um, you know, mood he's going for um as i said really like the arrangements with the you know with the horns the and the guitars um i i love it i've i've always liked this song um and and i think not only does it work as an album opener i think it works as a song itself i've, I've just always enjoyed it uh, i'm in, so you convinced me I'm, I'm enjoying hearing everybody's descriptions and you know what do you feel it really makes you think about it a little differently in some cases you know mm -hmm. oh, all right go. very good all right so uh now i'm lost uh number three <laughs> what's, your, I get lost. Oh, what's your choice did you oh four, yeah, number, you got, yeah or four. Oh, four. all right this is love Mm -hmm. uh, number four um uh, yeah i said it already you know a great choice for a single uh i wonder how it would have done as the first single i mean we already know got my mind set on you it was a tremendous hit mm -hmm. so you can't argue with with that but uh, but you know as much as i like when was fab for the beatles connection and everything i think that would have been a good choice love the video you know just careful george don't stand too close to that to that water there with the rock with splashing against the rock i <laughs> yeah. feel like he's gonna get washed away i love that <laughs> of that too it's such a, oh, that's you know, a great effect <laughs> great effect in that video you know because you <laughs> think those waves are gonna crash look, on top of them i they know pretty pretty intense Top I mean, notch. it's beautiful it's a beautiful song the music the guitar playing white george on there um the slide sound uh it's just a, just a great pop song yeah. Terrific. So that's my number four. I love the keyboard work in that song. You know, when you yeah. have that, that yeah. guitar of da 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 da, and then you hear that, oh, that keyboard. Yeah. 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 trickling sound. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so wonderful. So effective. Yeah. Reminds me of teardrops. Yeah, and that's though. like the, I think that's like the <laughs> Jeff Lynn product. I don't think George would have done that if if not for exactly. Jeff Lynn. Pro yeah, yeah, good point. 
There he added you go. so much production wise. Yeah. Um, we're down to the, the top three. Top three. Oh, boy. So let's go uh, to Kit first for number three. Okay. Well, uh, shout out to Ed Chen, who's watching right now, our buddy Ed Chen. Uh, when We Was Fab is my, <laughs> is my number three. Um, you know, and yes, it, it's, you know, uh, somebody uh, said earlier in the comments that it's, it's very, in course, it's very beatly, um, you know, yes, but it's, it's just very clever. Uh, and kudos to Jeff Lynn on the production. I mean, mm. the production of this, you can listen to this over and over and hear something different. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the different, um, you know, Easter eggs that, that you hear, um, the, you know, references to to different Beatles things. And then, of course, at the end with the, you know, the sitar. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it, I think it's a, first of all, a, a yeah. production tour de force. I mean, mm. I, I really do. Then there's, of course, the lyrics which are, are just so clever. Um, you know, he's having some fun with, uh, with his Beatles past, um, you know, and there are some very uh, clever references to that. Um, and, uh, you know, and he, as I said, he has some fun with that. Voice sounds great, as, as all, I mean, as he does with the rest of this album. Um, and the video, of course, is a lot of fun with, uh, with good old Ringo uh, mm. making a cameo. Uh, but um, but I, I just think this was just one of those songs that you have to listen to on headphones to, to really appreciate it, to, mm. to listen to everything that's going on. And I just feel like, you know, kind of a nod to the Beatles fans um, to see how, what, you know, all the different references we can catch. And uh, mm -hmm. as I said, you know, George is great, but kudos to Jeff Lynn on this one as well okay. remember when the video came out and a lot of people were questioning is paul there paul, the in, the, in the walrus, walrus outfit right. you know yeah you know then he, and then he confused things more with that because he did the rock line show in 88 and uh somebody asked me said well here's a clue for you all the walrus was paul he says and it really is not <laughs> but he said that anyway <laughs> People thought, I even thought, well, it is, it is. But it's not, but he did say that on the Rockline show. Yeah. That was a fun show. Oh, that so, was great. I remember that. 80, oh, yep. 88. I, tried, I dialed all night, tried to get through. I it? tried to too. Yep. Yeah. Nope. Nothing. Didn't happen. Nope. All right. Uh, so, Ken, you're next for number three. Number three. God, these are all great songs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Devil's Radio. Oh. Oh, Devil's yeah. Radio is such a great rock song, and it takes me back to when I was on WDHA in New Jersey, and we were playing this album like crazy. And the one rock song that got the most airplay was definitely Devil's Radio. Great, it really fits a rock format. Yeah. It's got Eric Clapton on there doing lead guitar work. Yep, just very edgy. You know, talking about gossip, the Devil's Radio. You know, and um, I just love it. I, it's, it's a killer song. And I, I think probably if I had my way <laughs> after This Is Love is the second single, I probably would have made Devil's Radio the third single. Wow. So I still think that 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 would have worked getting airplay on rock stations. Right. And it still had the commercial appeal to probably work on hit radio at the time. So, mm. no, but I love it. Killer song. Mm. No argument for me. <laughs> mm. All right, Tom. You know, you hear, you hear people talk about albums or songs 
you know, that get them through tough times or if they're, you know, down or whatever. And, you know, someplace else has been that song for me, you know, throughout, you know, you know, my lifetime. And, um, and yeah, it's got that plastic Ono feel, plastic Ono band feel to it too. It's very, you know, personal, you know, kind of lyrics, you know, just like uh, just for today is a little bit too. I mean, so you, in a way for me, I gotta, I gotta be in a mood to listen to this song sometimes too, but, but because of, of my, you know, relationship with this song, you know, I just, I just couldn't do that to this song because of, you know, how much the song has meant to me over the years, you know, and, you know, and for a while you could comfort me and hold me for some time. I need you now to be beside me while all my world is so untidy, you know, just stuff like that just uh, has really meant a lot to me, you know, over the years. And, uh, you know, I put it up there with one of his top three best ballads of all time. And um, yeah, it's just very personal to me and uh, it'll always be one of my favorite George Harrison songs of all time. So much of George's stuff is highly personal. Yeah. And he, he is one of the greatest ballad writers ever yeah. in love songs. I agree. You know? I yep. agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for me, number three, I finally had to put down That's What It Takes, which I, uh, Great. I really Great was, you know, I love that song so much, I, especially when I first heard the album, just the way it comes in from the beginning all, all, all the way to the end. Um, I don't know. I love the way George sings it. Um, the way it changes, if that's what it takes, I got to be strong, that whole part yep. and everything. And the guitar work is just is chilling to me. I just love the way it's so it's just sweet to the way it sounds. Um, always been a favorite. And that's when it, you know, it didn't fall. And sometimes, you know, some of the others maybe go a little lower. That one stayed kind of high there for me. So mm. I put that's what it takes at number three. Love it. And uh, right. still as fresh to me as it was in 87 in a lot of ways. All right. So now we're down to two. Oh and uh, we're going to start with uh, Tom first for number two. Oh, wow. My um, turn already. Um, when it was fab, uh, you know, I, as, as getting into the Beatles when I did, it was just almost perfect timing. It was just, you know, this the song, the video was just. I mean, it just meant so much to me as a newbie in the Beatles world to see George embrace um, the past like that, right as I'm getting into that world. Um, you know, you talked about, you know, lyrics are, are great, you know, and you, and you kind of get more of it as you get older, you know what I mean? Um, but, and I love that he added the sitar at the end, that really works uh, for me because I was, you know, again, you know, getting into that music and getting introduced to the sitar from the Beatles, uh, from the Beatles records. And so, um, and the video, you know, seeing Ringo there, I mean, I got so much, I remember seeing uh, Take It Away for the first time. And I think I was like 10. And, you know, as much as I loved the video, it didn't really have that feeling to me because I was being told, okay, well, those two were in the Beatles, you know, so, it, but then now being a Beatle fan and seeing two of them in the same video, just really impacted me at that point in time. And this song has always been, you know, one of the top songs uh, oh. for me, but uh, you, you would figure that, you know, okay, you, you kind of get worn out on the Beatles a little bit. So it would drop. I tell you what, after listening to this album a couple more times over this last week, this album, I just, I love it even more today. Oh, very good, Tom. Okay. Kate, you're up for number two. Okay. Number two, devil's radio. This <laughs> is just, as you were saying, Ken, love it. Um, lyrics, 
are are just on point um and uh you know the the guitar as you said uh you know from uh, uh i think eric yeah eric clapton i think I'm elton john is on the piano and there's some great pounding piano i'm not 100 percent so. sure um and um and just you know just some biting lyrics um you know uh, railing against gossip and rumor and i mean it's wonderful Mm -hmm. um and uh and as you said also just a great straightforward rocker um yeah should have been a single and uh and this was just one of those songs that from the moment i heard it you know back in the 80s it, it was just like instant like you know this is this is just great um and 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 his voice was was great uh, you know just strong um and uh i i just this is just one of those tracks that has just stuck with me um all this time and he tells the truth yes (laughs) okay all right uh ken number two for you okay number two is that's what it takes um that song uh, we were just talking about jeff lynn's production that moment in this is love where you hear that like cascading sound starts that way yeah that's what it takes i love the whole melody of it it's such a full complete song and actually the part where i think it was you kit there was a moment in the song that you weren't crazy about Mm -hmm. it's in the bridge and it leads into the chorus mm-hmm. if we're going to be in this world together yeah. that part yeah that was gary wright's part yeah i like in, that part the, yeah i like it a lot so um i love the slide guitar work in it you know it's just the mood of the song and george's voice and how it starts the way it does and now it begins to shine you know mm. it's it's everything about that song is wonderful it's you know I, I hate to sound repetitious, but it's it's another perfect recording here on this mm. song, and it flows so well coming out of Cloud Nine. Um, I think you said, Joe, that this is like the first complete song or proper song. It's, yeah, it's kind of cutting down Cloud Nine, but I, I know what you're Sorry, saying. <laughs> it's more of a complete song to me. Mm. You know, um, yeah, I just absolutely adore. That's what it takes. And I, I, I gotta say, I love the way he see, even those few words where he sings out. Uh, don't let it stop, never fade, fade away. away. That, yeah, fade I just away. love that the way he sings that part, the way he phrases it. Yeah. He phrases it, you yeah. know, it, it's it's beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, 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 one time during this, I had that num- number two, uh, yeah. and I, I changed it as the time went on, but you know, yeah. what a great right. chorus that is. That's what it takes it us to be together. strong, yeah. you know, yeah. and yeah, his voice is high up there, yeah. and oh. Great vocal. Oh, sings and sings it so well too. Yeah, it's his voice is right on the money, you know. And yeah. a lot of times I, you know, I picked on George's voice in the past. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I still, even at times when I don't think his voice is so great, sometimes I, sometimes I add a charm or a characteristic to it anyway. Yeah. Some right. of the, but sometimes I pick on it, whether it's an extra texture or some other kind of sound. Uh, but you know, I, I, the voice on there is so strong. And also, I mentioned it before, but towards the end, both George and Eric are sharing lead guitar parts. And it's really funny to hear that. Yeah. All right. Uh, Now, I'm going to pick my number two, but this this really these days, it was so tough because I could have flopped these. And uh, these days, this one is more like maybe more number two. I wasn't sure. But I finally gave in and put Devil's Radio at number two. 
uh, all the things that we said. You know, I love how like nasty it is, and he's telling it like it is. He's sick of all the BS and the gossip. I mean, he's been you know talking like that for a long time in interviews, talking about you know the newspapers and the magazines and all this garbage. They say, he's, "I do not have a toilet that plays Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds." I have a, an interview where he says that's another rumor that was spread up. All this, he's always vocal. He was always vocal about that kind of stuff. And uh, it's also a, a, an opener for the vinyl, side two opener. It's mm. a good side opener, yes. too. Mm. I, I, sometimes I'm tuned into that, you know, and, and it, it rocks. It's a rocker from George. I'm always uh, very grateful when we have a harder, stronger edged rock song for, for George because it always feels like we don't get as many. So True. I just, I love that song. And it could have been number one, but it fell at two. Uh, this time, so that leaves us with our number ones, folks. Oh boy, and, uh, drum roll! <laughs> I, have ten, I have ten listed first for, for this, though. So, Ken, you're first. Okay, this will probably be a shocker for everybody, but uh, my favorite song on the album, I didn't even have to think about. It's "Fish on the Sand." Mm, great. I really do love it. I think you know. I, I always. I always say that that's what it takes and Fish on the Sand is the greatest one-two punch. Two songs back-to-back on back a George back. Harrison They're album. Good points. I can't listen to That's What It Takes unless Fish on the Sand is playing <laughs> next. I will not listen to it unless it's on every little thing on my show. But when I'm at home, you know, Fish Ding. on the Sand has got a great... <laughs> when I eat at home... Oh, <laughs> Fish on the Sand has that great, uh, you know, guitar riff, down, down, da, 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 and it's got a country and western feel to it. It's another perfect three-minute song that could have made a good single, as far as I'm concerned. So damn catchy, and again, George's vocals are are wonderful in it. And um, you know, I can listen to that song every day and never get tired of it. I don't know what it is about Fish on the Sand. I just keep playing it over and over again. And uh, I wish he did do that song in the beginning of the Live in Japan tour. There's one or two shows he played it. Oh, yeah. It didn't work out. Yeah, he did. Mm. Oh, uh, wow. You know. And, uh, you know, if he ever continued with that tour, which we all wished he could have done in the States. Absolutely. I yeah. would have loved to have heard that. Yeah. You know, but uh, it's a lot of songs on Cloud Nine that really work well live, mm. I think. And, mm. um, yeah, but Fish on the Sand is one of my, my favorite of all of his solo songs. Ken, it's interesting it's just, that you should, you should be talking about this because this is the truth. You know, during this show, I was thinking what, if I was going to mention it or not. I wasn't following too closely to know that was going to be your number one hmm. in the end. And the truth is, when I used to listen to you, some of the first shows I remember WDHA were, uh, you know, when you were in Jersey, listen to those with the Cloud Nine era. And I remember, I don't know why, every time I think to those days, I remember Fish on the Sand you played, and for some reason, that always stuck in my mind, that well, song. We're relating to you, and I don't know if that was why. Maybe you were making mention even then. Probably my choice. <laughs> no, so. but, uh, you know, I got a lot of requests for songs from Cloud9 when I was at WDHA, as you can imagine. And, you know, mm -hmm. as we said, this was his big comeback album, and it was reflected in radio airplay at the time, not just on Top 40 radio, but on rock radio. And they did go beyond Devil's Radio. We used to play on WDHA, Wreck of the Hesperus. I remember that getting airplay. Um, 
much less of this is love. I think that might have been a little too poppy for our station, for a rock station. But mm -hmm. Fish on the Sand, I think, got some airplay too. And Cloud Nine did. So, right. yeah, but Fish on the Sand definitely. That's my memory. Up. I remember that song for some reason from those days. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Tom, you're up for number one song. Okay. Well, let me say I love all genres of music. I, I, I really like a lot of genres of music, but my heart, I'm a rock and roller. I love rock and roll. I love hard rock. I love heavy metal. I love thrash metal. I, I just love rock and roll. I love guitars, drums, bass, and I love a great vocalist, you know, heavy, you know rock and roll vocalist. This was my first George Harrison record, uh, solo record, and it rocked. It rocked. Um, don't look going back and getting other albums, being kind of a little disappointed that we didn't get a lot more rockers like Devil's Radio. Mm. And what a shame that, you know, I wouldn't say I love those albums. I even love, I, you know, I love Extra Texture. I love Dark Horse. I like all those albums for different reasons. But again, being a rock and roller, I really wish we would have got more songs, heavier songs like Devil's Radio. And it's always been my favorite song on the album. You guys, I'm not going to go. I mean, you guys already talked about it lyrically and how, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, a fist to the face, you know, attitude to these, you know, gossipers and, and stuff and, like and that. The, and the way he does that, we never said that. I love the gossip. Yeah, gossip. <laughs> gossip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and I got that. got that when I first heard this song. And, uh, you know, and the Clapton and, and, you know, playing throughout this whole song is, 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 is a gift uh, to the song. Um, but I'm just in a way really disappointed that we didn't get a lot. We'd got some rockers from George, you know, what is, mm. I mean, you know, we got a lot of rockers, but we didn't get rockers. You know what I mean? <laughs> like <laughs> rock, you know, like real good, heavy rockers, you know, but, but, you know, I, so I love devil's radio always have it's, you know, like, like you can, you knew what your number one was right away. I knew what my number one was going to be right away. And it's Devil's Radio. Yeah. Okay. What about what about just for one second? What about Cheer Down? Listen. Oh, if that was on there. That would have been number one. But, but, <laughs> but are you gonna but are you gonna wait two more years for that for that? I'm album? Just saying That's in his entire right. career, there there are some really good rockers. That, that there great, is but again, but it just didn't have that crunch. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love the yeah. sly guitar. You know, don't get me wrong. There's some great sly rockers on this album too, mm. but just like a straightforward rock and roll song, that's Devil's Radio. Yeah, yeah. And you know what I mean? Yeah. So. Mm. Okay. okay. Kit, your next kit, number one. Okay. Well, I'm going to um, uh, echo one of our viewers here, Timothy Allen, who calls it the perfect pop record. Mm. Uh, this is love. Excellent. Um, this has been, oh, I'll, I'll tell you, this has grown excellent. on me. Yep. This has grown on me so much over the years. Um, you know, I, I just, uh, I come back to it again and again. It is just joyful. Um, it's, it just really, uh, you know, his, his vocals are, are just right on, on point. I mean, you know, as we talked about, he gets into his upper register on this, um, just some great, you know, guitar on here in the, in the uh, instrumental, um, uh, as we talked about the key, the, you know, the, the fluttering keyboards and the, you know, in the middle, I mean, mm. there are just so many wonderful yeah. touches, 
um, to this. Um, and the and the video is just the icing on the cake. I mean, it you know captures the as I said the joy uh, right. of the spirit, the spirit, and it just kind of I think also captures the spirit um of the album i mean sure we have like devil's radio which is you know a little bit nastier and everything but i think it was also just uh you know just the the spirit of this album of of, again his creative rejuvenation you know you just get that sense throughout this entire album that that he's kind of regained his his creative mojo and and you know not quite the bitterness that that he felt about the business um you know in the early 80s so um I, I just think it's a it's just such a really well constructed song and, mm. and it just makes you smile. It really does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and also not that I want him to return to having a Beatles sound, but that really is a song where I can hear John and Paul harmonizing yeah. of course. This yep. is love, 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 love. love, love. Yeah, the, true. And the comma comma. Yeah. They could have done I it. Yeah. yeah. I could hear it, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing that I like here is very interesting is that we all have a different number one, right? We, and uh, my my favorite again, I could have switched it with Devil's Radio these days, but I went for When We Was Fab. Mm. Um, I don't know. Um, you would think I'd get tired of this one. This is another one that uh, you hear it a lot. It's the Beatle thing. You know, I'm not one of those guys. Anyone who follows me in the solo careers that they oh well, this is the Beatle track. This is that's why I like it because it's the right. Beatles. You know, I don't do that. I try to do the opposite actually. But this one, I just right. I just love the charm of that, the good nature of George going back to it, embracing that period, making it sound like I am the Walrus. Uh, touches in there, which I don't think anybody mentioned yet, like Magical Mystery Tour, even the Take You Away part in there but yet there's still sarcasm you wonder if he's really like celebrating those days or not too fond of them in a way at the same time he's talking about you know income tax again he's griping about back when income tax was all we had and Mm. casualties at dawn and all this kind of stuff and (laughs) i really i really wonder but um yeah but it is a nostalgic track makes me feel good it feels like uh remembering those days of you know the beatles especially summer love type of vibe to it that era the video you don't sometimes you don't want a video to present a song for you that was one of the big concerns i remember when mtv was first starting people Mm -hmm. saying it's going to limit a song visually and sometimes certain songs you still see the damn video you know yeah i see that every time but it helps in this case i'm very happy with it you know and you see elton john walking by even in in there and ringo with the like you said the the piano whatnot going in one side going back around the other side and george you know in the sergeant pepper suit for a second and i remember an interview with him too where it's very fast that they flash it in the interview Somebody mentioned it. He goes, "Well, it's a little tight around the middle at, at present." He says, <laughs> "He says, he says, he's putting on a little." So that's why it was like kind of a quick <laughs> flash, and, and I, I just love it. The sitar at the end, and even the video. John, uh, George, excuse me, goes into that kind of meditation position, or doesn't he? Like he get meditates, I think, if I remember, or maybe during the middle. I don't know, but he does that at the end. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. just, it's just, it, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just a great. A great song all around and a great uh, loving memory, uh, nostalgic piece, and makes me feel good, warm and fuzzy. So there you go. That's number one, but it could have been some others, number one. 
It is great that the four of us had different number ones. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's right. awesome. Yeah, you don't always really know how these things are going to turn out. So, yeah. uh, I don't know if, uh, unless there's any other comments that uh, you want to mention to all. Well, and, and this and this is great. No, nobody was completely disgusted by our choices or shocked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Listen, I, if we, listen, I was nobody. talking about this earlier um, when I was live. If we, well, everybody, since everybody's here, once this uh, episode gets uploaded on YouTube. Please go back in the comments and write, put your rankings down as well so we can see oh, them. Oh, yeah. Yes. We can comment on them as well. Yeah, absolutely. Or if you're watching this on the replay on Facebook, yeah. uh, please leave the comments there. Because, yeah, we'd love to see your uh, your choices as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, because there's so many uh, that, uh, you know, you've left your, your choices as well. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, this was such a hard album. To, to rank the tracks because there's so many yep. strong tracks uh, on here mm-hmm. that it was. Uh, it's this it's was... like when when you do this with a Beatles album. If mm-hmm. you love every song, how do you really do that? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I'm currently it's, finding it's, out. Yeah, a lot of solo albums that are like that for me. So yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, so uh, we can either begin by talking about ourselves or where to find us. What What do you want to do first, Kit? Do sure. Talk about us okay well you can uh find us um and and share your thoughts about uh, this and other episodes you can email us um at talkmoresolotalk at gmail.com um you can uh visit our website at uh, talkmoretalk.com uh you can visit us of course on our facebook page which you're you're on right now um and uh, you can find us on twitter at talkmoretalk one uh, the number one uh, we love to hear your feedback uh, we you know love to hear your ideas if there are topics that you would like us to cover um, please feel free to send uh, send ideas and of course you can find us over on YouTube and while you're there please subscribe we're almost to a thousand almost to a thousand uh, we're, 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 we can we almost can there. smell it we yeah. can taste it <laughs> so uh, so please uh, please subscribe while you're there and and spread the word. Uh, to uh, to all your Beatles and and solo loving friends. Okay, um, now if we, oh, go ahead. If we would talk about our our projects and things, if we can do it pretty quickly, we can make yes. it a two, no more than two hour show. Yes. Let's see if we can do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Those, up, those uploads, forget it, right? Yes, uh, at okay. least fifteen minutes. <laughs> yep, that's true. Okay. Yeah, well, it doesn't take me long. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. basically, my my channel is on YouTube. It's me, Mister Mayo. And I'm glad to say that I'm kind of doing a new show uh, called Fab Gab, which uh, is with uh, my friend uh, Matthew Street, who also has a channel, and uh, sometimes Beetle Brad. I'm going to have other people on. I want to, you know, that I'd like to get all of you on there at different times to do different shows. But we're not just going to do ranking. Right now, we're doing rankings, which we got the, the inspiration from Tom's show. Uh, two legs with the Paul albums he's doing. I figured out we'll start with the Beatles albums, which we've been doing. We just did Help, the latest show, and we're going to do Rubber Soul next week. And we're going to try to go through all the solo albums. And we'll get to Cloud Nine. It's like a year, two years from now, something like that. Who knows when it'll be? But uh, it'll be fresh then. So uh, that's me done. Uh, how about you, Kit? Okay. Well, uh, tomorrow, if um, if you're uh, listening to this or watching this now uh oh, dang yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um so that's um march 9th um 
you can uh, join me along with uh, Kim Womack. We're going to be doing another Tuesday night record club uh, through Monmouth University. We're going to be talking about the police's album, uh, Zenyatta Mandata. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, that will be at 7.30 uh, p.m. That's Eastern time. Um, I think I put the link on the Talk More Talk uh, Facebook page. It's on my Facebook page as well. It's free to register. It'll be a lot of fun. So go over and register for that and join us. Um, also, uh, just went up today in honor of International Women's Day. I took part in a panel discussion with many other uh, uh, women Beatles scholars, broadcasters, uh, researchers, and we talked about, um, you know, just the, the state of, of women in the field and, and where we'd like to see it go in the future, how to be, make it more inclusive and many other topics. Um, and that link is on my Facebook page as well. I'll put that up on, on our Talk More Talk page. We had a really great wide range of conversations. So if you want to check that out, it's on Sound, SoundCloud. And as Ken mentioned, uh, <laughs> this is Fandom and the Beatles. It is now up uh, at Amazon. Uh, you can pre-order the um, paperback here. Do not order the hardback. It's over $100. So just skip that. <laughs> it's an academic <laughs> book, so they charge outrageous prices. Get the paperback or the Kindle. It is way more reasonable. Um, and, uh, and you'll be hearing more about that book in the near future when Ken and I can get our schedules together. and We'll, we'll come on the, the show and talk more about it. But, uh, but we're really excited about it. We hope uh, that you will check it out. So I think that's everything. Okay, have a okay. Good time. All right. Well, first, I want to give a shout out, a quick shout out to our friend, uh, Mark P, who's also got a YouTube channel. And I got to tell you what, he does uh, ranking the tracks with his wife, which is a great spin on it because, you know, she's listening to a lot of this stuff for the first time. So it's really cool to see or get her perspective on these songs. So check out Mark P's uh, channel. They just did that with Ram. So it was really good and uh, a lot of fun to listen to. So, so you, uh, so uh, two legs. Yes. The world of two legs. Weird just busy as always uh a couple weeks ago i talked about we did a show with paul saley who talked about his upcoming book little wing the jimmy mccullough story uh we just did a we just recorded a show yesterday with a friend of the show tom brennan where we talked about mccartney bootlegs uh we just dived into the world of bootlegs you know what's on you know some of what are some of the better ones you know our history with bootlegs so that was a lot of fun i learned a lot because i never been a big bootleg guy but i'm slowly slowly gradually you know listening to a lot of more a lot of more a lot, blah, 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 a lot of bootlegs more these days so um so check that out that will be this coming saturday now this wednesday on ranking the tracks um we're going back and ranking uh last week we did flowers in the dirt this week we're doing all the leftover non-album tracks of the 80s songs like spies like us once upon a long ago um check my machine uh secret friend the stuff that weren't on albums uh, so I think it's like 24 tracks and all. So it's going to be another long, you know, long ranking. So we're going to try to get breeze through it as, as quickly as possible. So that'll be this Wednesday night or I'm sorry, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on our YouTube channel. And speaking of YouTube, we just passed 500 subscribers. So thank you to everybody who's subscribed. Yay. 
subscribe to us and please, you know, keep them coming. Please uh, check it out. And uh, we're having a lot of, you know, we're having a great time seeing everybody's rankings for these songs, comparing them all and seeing how different they're like snowflakes, really. You know, everybody's rankings is, is different, you know, and it's, it's just a lot of fun, you know, people going back and listening to all these songs that they haven't heard in decades and just, you know, hearing their reaction to these, yeah. uh, these songs. Now it's been a, a fun trip and thank you all for, for joining us on this trip. So, uh, so that's the that's two legs as as of right now. Okay, well done, well done. And you're you're last but not least, Ken, as always. Let's hear it. <laughs> okay, uh, I'll try to make this fast. Uh, <laughs> my syndicated Beatles radio program, Every Little Thing, will have a new show next week in which I'll be doing a Beatles salute to Chuck Berry in there, and also part of my interview with Owen Lynn who I interviewed recently because he wrote an article on why he thinks Walls and Bridges is John's best solo album. So he's on that show. Go to my website, kenmichaelsradio.com. Look for the page for every little thing. List all the radio stations and when they air them with links to their websites, you can stream them. Okay. Also, uh, let's see, things we said today. Last week, we did a show on your dream BBC album where I asked... Uh, my panel there with Darren DeVivo and Alan Cozen to pick their 14 uh, favorite songs from the BBC recordings of mm. the Beatles. If it was the 60s and we didn't know there was ever going to be any BBC collections coming out in 1994 and later on with On Air. If you were the head of the record company at EMI, what 14 songs would you pick for a dream Beatles BBC mm. show. And that uh, show went out last week. Next week, we're going to be interviewing the authors of this new book, It's All in the Mind, which oh, is all about. Is that oh, volume yeah. two? Is that volume two? Volume two. Excellent. Yeah, I got nice. volume one. Yeah, yeah me too. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, we got Bob Hieronymus and Laura Cortner. They're going to be guests on the show next week. Excellent. Recording on Monday, and that should be out probably Wednesday after I'm done editing. <clears throat> so, uh, something there to look forward to. And the biggest thing of all is everything going on on my YouTube channel. Um, I just did three interviews with the Gary Van Syck of Elephant's Memory, covering everything from their period working with John and Yoko. I did an interview with David Bedford. We also interviewed David on things we said today. This is his new oh, book, The Country the book. of Liverpool, oh. all about uh, cool. country music, its influence on the city of Liverpool, as well as on the Beatles. He's a fantastic guest. So there's an interview with him on my YouTube channel. And I just thought it's something kind of like, because you guys are doing the same thing. I was it's meant a, to tell you it's a great idea. It's called my number nine dream show. And I'm going to do this once in a while with special guests. And uh, actually, this was the result of our last show. When we were doing our four by four, I was asking my wife, who was next door watching on the laptop, what do you think of the show? And she said she liked it, but why didn't you do anything for George Harrison? It was his birthday. So I started feeling guilty about it. <laughs> so I figured on my YouTube. Yeah, very Ding. Ding. Okay. So on my YouTube channel where I can do whatever I want, I decided to, uh, well, it's the truth. Yep. I decided to do something for George. And so this idea came to me called Number Nine Dream, where I ask a guest, a guest to talk about one specific beetle. And I have three different categories where in each one, they name their top three of something. So with George, it was uh, top three George Beatles songs, top three George solo songs, and top three George solo albums. And I had Jeff Slate as my special guest, and you all know him. He's a great musician in the New York area. And he's done tributes to John and to George live, as well as Bowie and Tom Petty, 
great journalist, rock journalist. He writes for Beatle Fan, NBC News, Rolling Stone, everybody. And he was a fantastic guest on that show, ran about an hour. He gave all of his answers. So whenever I do that in the future, it can be different Beatles, it can be different categories, but there'll always be nine answers that I will get in the show. And I will be recording a show tomorrow with Sam Wiles of the uh, Paul is Nothing podcast. He's going to do a number nine dream show on Paul with me. So that'll be coming up this week. And I've got a few other guests lined up for interviews. And if you can, go to Ken Michaels Radio and um, subscribe to it. And by the way, if anyone's interested in hearing the interview that I did with Zach Nilsson, it's on my website, kenmichaelsradio.com. Go to interviews page four. You'll also find my interview with Kifo, his brother, on the same page. Okay? Very good. Okay. Excellent. All right, everybody. So very quickly, I'll say thank you, everybody, for watching. And uh, for Kid O'Toole, Tom Agnati, and Ken Michaels, this is Joe Mayo saying that just for today, let's try not to deal with all life's problems. <laughs> here, here. Very good. Hey, very take nice. Take care, everyone. See you. Bye-bye. What? <laughs>